I'm Rosa Osman, Learning and Development Manager at Wilson James. And today's podcast is part of our Keeping Well series. So Keeping Well is something that we've created during these times where we can really focus on various topics under the wellbeing agenda. I'm excited today to be joined um, by with Cadence Woodland, who is our Head of Communication. So hi to Cadence. Hi, everybody. Okay. So Cadence is going to be sharing with us today her expertise, her top tips on everything to do with staying connected during these times. So Cadence, if we start off the podcast today with talking around the importance of um, staying connected. So especially during these times, you know, we've got people who are working from home. Um, we've also got some members of our team at Wilson James who are on, on furlough. So talk to us around the importance of staying connected. Absolutely. So human beings are social animals. This is, this is a bit of psychology to kick us off. We are not designed to live, work, exist alone. Uh, we're, we're designed to do it in groups and teams, um, in, in collective societies. And so situations like we're in right now, we're recording this in response to the COVID-19 crisis, um, can really exacerbate some problems that already exist. Um, we know that loneliness and disconnection are very real phenomena in our society. And situations like the ones that we're in now can make those feel worse or more difficult. So staying connected is so important, even in normal and healthy times, but it's doubly important in times like that like we're in right now absolutely and i suppose while we're talking about staying connected if we have got background noise of a digger outside um that is outside <laughs> my house right now so i do apologize um about that but that's it's okay i've got i've got rain outside of mine too i something <laughs> we're going to talk about on this but right now it's more important to be authentic than it is to be shiny and polished so this is proper podcasting here <laughs> brilliant so let's talk around the different forms of communication and the different platforms that we can be using right now um, both what's available to us in the workplace and also outside of the workplace. You know, it's still really important that we're staying connected with our friends, families, loved ones. But um, if we start with in the workplace, and um, so Cadence, what forms of communications are available to us to stay connected at work? There's so many tools right now. It's kind we're kind of spoiled for choice in 2020. Um, within Wilson James, we have some tools that we've had for a long time. So we have an employee newsfeed. We have a training platform um, that you maintain, Rosa, called The Hub, that we've created a whole new series of documents and resources that are specifically for the Keeping Well and Wellbeing campaign that we're running right now. Um, we've also introduced a lot of um, tools that I think other people throughout the business world will recognize. We've mobilized Microsoft Teams, which was something we were always planning on doing throughout the business, but COVID-19 gave us an opportunity to really expedite those projects, and the effect has been extraordinary. Um, it's taken a bit of time for some people to use new tools in new ways, but the pickup has been fantastic. And then we're, we're also really lucky to live in a time where social media tools can also have workplace functions or functionalities. Um, a really good example of this within WJ again is Facebook for Work. We launched a trial at one of our client sites and it worked so well that we're now actually expanding it to other sites within that service sector. Um, so we're, as I said, we're kind of spoiled for choice. Um, there's Zoom, there's GoToMeetings, 
there are so many digital tools to connect us. Um, it really is about finding the ones that suit your needs. Um, and there, we're always coming up with new ones. It, it's, it's not a bad time to be thinking creatively about how you can use different platforms to connect with work colleagues. And I think also they're so easy to, to use, aren't they? You know, you can self-learn with a, with a lot of the platforms that currently exist. You know, take the Facebook, the workplace for Facebook. Majority of us have got Facebook, so it's a really easy tool to be able to pick up and use within a work environment. Absolutely. And you've that's a really good point um, that I think we'll talk on a little bit more later. But the 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 best tool for you is the one that's easiest for you to use to to communicate in the way that you want to. And exactly as you say, so many people are already familiar with some of these tools that taking them a step further or incorporating them into work, um, it can be really intuitive and a lot less stressful than some people might think. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the workplace. So how about outside of the workplace? What types of different forms of communication would you recommend um, for us to really stay connected with friends and families? Whatever you've got. I am witnessing so much creativity right now. It kind of delights me. Um, we have social media, which you know is designed at its core to be uh, connecting. And I'm seeing some really creative and interesting uses of that. There's group chats, there's text chains, there's WhatsApp groups, um, there's collaborative videos, there's new apps being developed. House Party is very popular, which is basically like a video conference call. Um, and even some of the tools that we're talking about in, in the workplace can have personal uses as well, whether that's Zoom or Microsoft Teams or what have you. Um, within my own family and friend circle, I'm seeing some really creative, fun ways to connect and communicate in interesting ways. Um, and like I said, I think it's more important now than it's been in a long time. So I'm even noticing friends or family members who don't connect quite as frequently, really making an effort to do it more. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we have so many tools available to us, um, mean we're so lucky to live when we do. Um, but it really is about then finding the ones that connect you to the people you want to connect with in the easiest way possible. different forms of communication that we could be using right now both in the workplace and also outside of the workplace to really stay connected. But some forms of communication are no doubt more appropriate to different people, perhaps different situations and settings. So perhaps let's talk around now how we select the best way to communicate um, in an informal versus a formal setting. Yeah, so in an informal setting, there's there's fewer restrictions. You know, it really is about the one that you're most comfortable with, the one that works best for you, and the one that you feel best able to say what you're trying to say, how you want to say it. I think we've all been on the receiving end or possibly the, the perpetrator of a situation where we've typed something out or sent an email and it sounded fine in our head, but just lands the total wrong way on the receiving end. Um, the whole point about communication is that you're trying to do something, you're trying to accomplish something, you're trying to say something or invite some kind of interaction. So the space that you feel most comfortable, best able to communicate with the person on the other line is the best one for you. Um, I, use your home life as an example. My siblings and I, you know, can text each other using text to speak and even emojis really, really easily. My parents would think we were speaking a totally different language if we tried to do that. So they tend to stick with email or phone calls. Um, 
what I really think about a lot in communications and one of my kind of catchphrases is you need to write for your reader or you need to speak for your listener. In other words, you have to think about the other person, the other half of the equation and where they are going to meet you, what they're going to bring to the table and how you can package and deliver what you're trying to say in the way that it's not just easiest for you to say, but for them to receive. So that's just as true in formal, informal and personal life as it is professionally. Brilliant, thank you. I suppose one element to bring in here is um, DISC. So at Wilson James, we apply the um, DISC psychometric tool and um, we've kind of with that tool, it really enables us to, um, you know, identify people's motivators and stressors, understanding why individuals are different. They react in different ways, um, why we connect with some people really well and perhaps not so much with others. But I think what DISC can do also when it comes to um, communication is it helps us to understand how somebody likes to be communicated with. So, um, for example, when we are using DISC, you know, if you get a individual who's an I, an influencer, so someone who's really outgoing, enthusiastic, um, you know, they like to network and be connected. Um, I suppose at, at these times, you know, they want that instant messaging that you've just um, said there. They want that check in of, um, you know, to say, hi, how are you? Because they're probably missing that social interaction in the office. Um, Whereas you might have another individual who um, in this might be a C, so the more conscientiousness individuals who are the complete opposites. You know, and these individuals may be fairly reserved, happy to work alone and will adapt really well working from home. But, you know, they might not need that checking in so much when it comes to communication. And they also might not be willing to participate in the team quizzes or have their webcams on during meetings as well. So I think it's really important to think about that individual when we are staying connected. Oh, and communicating with others. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's worth thinking about, not just in response to COVID-19, although that's clearly, you know, what's driving this conversation, but screens have a tendency to make people forget that there's human beings on the other side of them. And when we're talking about communicating for work purposes or working from home or in our personal life, socializing at a distance, as it were, we're the same people online that we are in real life unless you're you know a, a russian twitter troll or something we're, we're the same people we have the same desires the same motivations the same frustrations and communication is isn't something that just happens i think there's this idea that it just flows naturally or that it's it's automatic it's not it yeah. takes some work and some thought to be successful at it you have to think about yourself and what you're trying to do. And if you're being really thoughtful and generous, you have to think about your audience, whether that's you know your spouse or partner, your best friend, your boss, your um, your reports. You know th these are different groups of people who have to be engaged with and communicated in different ways. No one way works. So thinking about the person on the receiving end. Um, is a super important part of that. And that requires some deliberate thought and consideration. The best communicators are the ones who can honestly put themselves in the shoes of the other side of the conversation and listen just as much as they talk. Absolutely. So, um, Cadence, I'm going to ask you a, a, your top tips now. Um, so what would you say are your four top tips um, of strategies to stay connected? 
Okay, so uh, you you challenged me to boil these down to four points. So, <laughs> um, and some of these we've already touched on, so hopefully this will start to come together a bit in people's minds so they at least understand what my philosophy to the communication is. First of all, know your purpose. What are you trying to do? Like we've talked about, most communication is, is trying to do something. Now, that might be my D personality talking here, but <laughs> that kind of informs the way I think about it. Most We don't communicate for no reason. Um, even when I just kind of like walk into the other room where my husband is working remotely as well and just say hi to him, what I'm trying to do is connect with him to, to get some emotional reassurance or just, you know, exchange some friendly pleasantries with my partner. Um, ditto for work. When you send an email, it's not for the pleasure of sending an email. Most of the time you're asking a question, you're trying to pass along information, or you're trying to get someone else to respond to you. So what are you trying to do with this piece of communication? If you think about it for a moment, if you know what the purpose of it is, that will probably give you a really good indication of which platform is the right one to choose in order to send that message. And as we've kind of talked about, if you're not using the right platform to send something, you might not get the response back that you want. I would never dream of, you know, Send tweeting uh, a client contact informally, for instance, that that's not the right way to communicate based on that relationship. Whereas, you know, my best friend and I will have long uh, text and Twitter chains going all the day long. So what are you trying to do? Think about what you're trying to achieve and and therefore what the best way of presenting, packaging or delivering that communication is. Point number two we've talked a bit about is know your audience. Who's on the other end of that communication? Um, in the same way that you need to choose your platform and your tool to deliver a message, you also need to think about the best way for your audience to receive that message. What is most effective? What is most efficient? What is easiest for them to pick up and digest? Um, we've, I've got some very senior colleagues who, who honestly like text more than they like uh, emails, and they have told me that the best way to get their attention, because their inboxes can be quite crowded, is to drop them a text if something is important. So we've incorporated that into the ways that I I highlight an urgent request to them. And I'm very careful then to make sure that I don't highlight something to them that isn't urgent, because that wouldn't respect kind of the, this channel of communication that we've got. Um, another thing we're thinking about here is the different ways in which we use different platforms kind of alluded to this again, but the way we speak to the world or to the society or to the market can be very dependent on the platforms that we use as well. So while I personally might do a lot of political ranting on Twitter, I would never ever use my LinkedIn profile in that same way. I have purposely separated my online life so that there are personal platforms and there are professional platforms because I have different audiences in those two different streams. So I'm using the same tool, digital online connectivity, but I'm using it in different ways based on the audiences that I'm trying to attract. And then uh, specific to COVID, but also just really good principles in general. Number three, know your source. Um, we're living in a period of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of bad information, and I'm very sorry to say a lot of disinformation. Um, I think we're becoming savvier about this as a society. There's been a lot of really good investigative reporting into this. We're starting to understand how things like social media can influence our decision making or our access to information. But know your source. 
before you pass on that piece of information or before you respond to it, is it valid? Is it correct? Can you back it up from a substantial and trustworthy source? Um, and your brother's sister-in-law's aunt on Facebook is not an authoritative source. Um, this is just as true for people as it is for businesses. You have to act on good information. And if you aren't, you you might be making a fool of yourself or other people, or you might be making a poor business or professional decision. So even though um, digital tools enable us to connect and interact instantaneously, it's worth taking a beat and really considering these points as you go along. And a big one is, do I trust this information and would it be responsible of me to share it? Absolutely. And I can really resonate with, with that one because... You know, I find it quite overwhelming um, flicking through social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's so much information that is out there. And then, you know, on top of that, you've then got your WhatsApp groups with um, friends, family, and they're sending you um, articles and information. And I think that's, you know, totally right when you're saying about knowing your source, because there is so much disinformation that is out there at the moment that you don't want to be the one that is forwarding on this information, you know, sharing the information when it's actually not true. Oh, absolutely. And that's such a good point as well. A good part or a good aspect of communication is knowing when to shut up, to be honest, yeah. or when, knowing when a certain piece of information doesn't need to flow. Good communication is about making good judgment calls about the information you have or the actions you're trying to take. And that's such a good example. You know, I've been on the receiving end of this too. I've had loved ones send me things that I'm just like, oh, that 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 originated in someone's disinformation, you know, internet <laughs> farm somewhere. And I've got a choice to make. I can either respond to it and get angry I could forward it on and be part of the problem, or I can stop it and and not forward it on. And yeah. handily, Rosa, you bring me very delightfully onto my last point, which is more in the realm of the personal, which is know yourself. Um, everyone's everyone's consumption of information is different. I'm a very high news and information consumer. I take in a lot of information, both for my profession in communications and PR, but also for sheer pleasure. I love words, I love reading, I love news, and I naturally gravitate to, towards those things. But in a moment like COVID-19, exactly as you said, there's so much news out there that is bad, that is not trustworthy, or that is harmful. And so I need to make a decision or a choice for my own personal mental health, because I also have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, which is not coping well <laughs> all the time in the situation that we're in. You know, I can get overwhelmed. I have to make intelligent judgment calls about where my information is coming from, what my role is in passing it on um, or not passing it on, and what is serving me or what is harming me. And everyone's threshold is going to be very different. So I have a lot of friends who are in the same profession as me. I have friends who put um, email constraints on themselves right now. That's one tool that I've seen work really well for one friend. She blocks out a portion of her calendar each day specifically to do emails. And then when she's done with them, she logs off so she can focus on projects. That's her way 
of structuring her life in order to communicate most effectively. I have another friend who um, is a journalist but and is hugely proactive on social media, but she has limited the time that she is using to check Twitter or Instagram or Facebook because every time she logs in, she's noticing that she's getting stressed or unhappy. So she's put some personal barriers up to manage her flow of information. And that's just good practice for most people, regardless of your personal circumstances, regardless if we're talking professional life or personal life, putting some healthy boundaries in place to make sure that you can touch these other points that I've, I've highlighted, your purpose, your audience, and your source. You, you the communicator, are the, are the fourth aspect of that. And if you're in control of that one, you will make better choices about the other three points. Excellent. So thanks for that cadence and your top four strategies. Some great um, tips there for us all to um, take away with us. So um, lastly, I think a really good topic for us um, to talk about when we are um, looking at staying connected is um, that around teamwork. So, you know, at the moment we are all working remotely or majority of us are working remotely. And it's really important that we still have that sense of of team and we still have that team culture that we did have when we was in the office. So what tips do you have or what have you heard from across the business when it comes to um, staying connected and really making sure that we still feel like a team when working remotely? Well, you and I have been talking about this in a friendship capacity as well as professional. I've seen such creativity. So within the office space, I have seen people institute a lot of different programs. Um, I know you do talk about Thursdays where you and your team just take 15 minutes to hang out and have a pop yeah. culture or personal or silly conversation. That's brilliant. I know other people who are doing um, well-being moments within their own teams. I myself uh, run what I call a team hang every Friday. Um, and it's just a designated period in the diary. And it's open for colleagues who are on furlough as well, which is super important. Not all of us are, are working right now. Not all of us are working full time. Um, but at Wilson James, at least, we've really made an effort to make sure that things like Teams, Workplace for Facebook, that these things remain available to our staff and to our colleagues during this time. And I've just been delighted, you know, whether it's a, a team hangout once a week, we've had a virtual pub quiz night. Um, we're having virtual leaving drinks tonight on the day that we're recording this because we have a couple of colleagues who are moving on to new positions, which is really exciting. And our office, um, the one based in London, is a really social one. There's so many genuine friendships in most workspaces, not just collegial relationships. And I go back to the earlier point that I was making. We're the same people online that we are in real life. And we're the, still the same teens that we were. We, we just need to find ways to, to maintain those cultures, many of which have been built up over months or, or even years. It's not that those go away just because we're not physically present with one another. It's just that we need to find new places to put it, as it were. So yeah. what I would say is, you know, whatever was working for your team before, find a way to recreate it, recreate the vibe, recreate the the opportunity. And culture is kind of a, is an organic thing um, in the same way that communications can needs to be both deliberate and organic culture is the same thing. If you create the platform and create the opportunity, I'm amazed to see what rushes in to fill it um, personally as well as professionally. 
absolutely. I think um, there when you were talking about the quizzes, um, there's quite a lot of team quiz nights that are you know happening at the moment in yeah. um, the HR department. We run a quiz of a lunchtime on Friday, so fun Friday. Um, different themes each week. So we had a Disney theme last week. We've got music theme this week. And again, it's for people that are both working and furloughed for us to, you know, ensure that we still have that that team spirit um, amongst us, um, really. But still, you know, and when you said you've got two individuals um, leaving today, you know, still celebrate. And what a great way to celebrate it through the technology that we have and through the remote um, platforms that we have got. Absolutely. And also, you know, we're doing this dividing our time between work life and home life. I've seen such creativity in my family and friend groups. We participated in a christening for one of my nephews a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, my husband and I are expats living in the UK and our families are very, very far away. And we've actually missed out on probably years of these sorts of family interactions because no one thought to Zoom a christening before. But why not? You know, um, again, later tonight, I've got a virtual book club meeting with some of my friends in the States. I'm doing lots of calls and text chains with friends and family. You know, I, I have friends who set up movie nights where they all watch the same movie together, <laughs> even though they're yeah. all on different phones or what have you. Um, there, there are so many ways to be together, even if you're physically distant. Yeah, we've got so many different options and opportunities right now. Um, when it comes to staying connected. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Cadence. So I think we'll um, stop it there. We've shared your top tips um, with us today. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise um, when it comes to staying connected and in the world of communications as well. So um, to all of our listeners, thank you for, um, for tuning in and listening to the podcast. We would really love to hear your views um, share what you're doing when it comes to staying connected. You know, tag us on social media, on our Instagram using the hashtag TeamWJ. Um, we really want to see what you are doing um, staying connected, whether that is um, a TikTok, which I've just recently discovered. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you know, I know, I know. It's, um, it's quite addictive. Um, <laughs> but we would love to see what you are doing um, right now in terms of staying connected. So do please do tag us over our social media and um, platforms. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.